For you, those of you who do not know me, I am Luke, Luke Williams, um, and I have been here at Trinity for about two and a half years now, working with the youth group. Um, my journey kind of, with Trinity kind of started back when I was a freshman at Simpson University. I went to this church fair that Simpson puts on and met Becky um, and got to talk to her about uh, some youth group stuff. She was telling me how the youth group was kind of revamping, uh, starting up again, and that they were looking for some leaders. So I thought, hey, I could be a leader, try that out. Um, but I really had a passion for the youth too, because at, or at Simpson I am pursuing a youth ministries degree. Um, so jumped into that. Uh, for my, uh, my passion on that kind of started back in my junior year of high school. Uh, I was kind of pursuing, trying to see what uh, the Lord wanted me to do with my life, and I prayed, um, and then I went to this thing called the Life Conference, and I uh, could say my world was changed up, uh, turned upside down, changed up a little bit. Um, I felt the Lord was calling me to jump into youth ministries. He, I knew that I had a love for it, I had a passion for it, um, so I was pretty excited to uh, pursue that, and then jumped into Simpson, and it's been a great uh, two and a half years. I'm currently a junior. Um, at Simpson, so it's going well. Um, you might be asking, why am I up here speaking today? Um, for one thing, it is the Lord has placed a pretty awesome message on my heart, um, and then I talked to Pastor Sean about that, and uh, he was me like talking to me about how jumping into ministry means preaching, getting up in front of people. Um, of course. And he's like, you know, it uh, takes practice. And I'm like, oh, does it really? <laughs> Do I have to? Uh, but no, I was really excited to jump in and practice makes perfect. So the message I'd like to speak to you guys about today is on evangelism. And what does that look like for us in our 21st century um, today times? And I think one of the best perspectives that we have um, is from Jesus. He gives us this kind of almost blueprint of what to go off of and how to evangelize and how to talk to people about him. Um, so I, for today, I'm going to be speaking out of John 4 for those who want to follow. Um, with this passage, we dive in to see Jesus is talking to a Samaritan woman at the well. Um, and for kind of seeing it from... Um, uh, first time reading it perspective, you don't really get a whole big evangelism perspective out of it, but I think as we dive deeper, you kind of see uh, where I'm going with it. So starting in verse 7, we see, soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because the disciples had gone into a village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone drinking this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. 
Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place to worship while we Samaritans claim it is here at, the Mar at Mount Grazium, where our ancestors worshipped? Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming and the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what, to do, or, what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came, streaming from the village to see him. Dear my Father, I just pray for this time. Thank you for this word that you've given us. I pray that we'll have ears to hear and eyes to see what it is you have for us, Lord, um, as we dive deeper into this message. In Jesus' name, amen. So when looking at this in the perspective of evangelism, it's, it's a super, super simple concept where Jesus literally just goes and talks to this woman and asks for a drink of water. Um, but I think there's a whole big, deeper perspective that we can dive in um, for evangelism. And I find that there's three steps that Jesus uses to create this evangelism perspective. Um, with the first step looking like Jesus was countercultural. We see that Jesus dives in and talks to this woman who was a Samaritan. Um, what that means and why that was kind of pretty significant was Samaritans and and Jews, which Jesus was a Jew, um, kind of buttheads. They're not good friends. They're, they were never nice to each other. The Jews kind of had this like uh, holier-than-thou perspective, um, and the Samaritans kind of suffered from that, so there wasn't a good connection between them. So you can imagine the surprise of the woman um, when Jesus goes and talks to her. Um, but Jesus knows what he's doing. He knows how he's talking uh, or who he's talking to. Um, so in that perspective, we see that Jesus does this in a way to really grab her attention. He's not doing it just to make a point or anything, or he's not doing it just to do it. There's actually uh, something behind what he's trying to do. And when thinking of uh, today, thinking of what that looks like for evangelism, I think being countercultural is something that we just deal with as Christians in general, because Christianity is not popular. When I was growing up, my dad used to tell me there's two things you don't really want to talk to, especially when getting to know someone for the first time, and that is politics and religion. You don't really want to bring those things up because those things are very divisive uh, for most people. The perspective that people have is kind of like, I'm right, you're wrong, I have my point of view, and I'm not even going to listen to what other people have to say sometimes especially when it comes to religion, and you know someone doesn't believe in God or doesn't have the same perspective as you do, most of the time there's a big clash in how that comes across when trying to talk to someone. But I think how that 
uh, how we're kind of called to be different in that and how that relates to evangelism is that we're supposed to kind of take it with more of humility and love. When you're talking with someone for the first time, most of the time you're not just asking and blurting out like, hey, are you a Christian? Do you believe in God? Most of the time you're trying to get to know somebody and uh, trying to create authentic relationships with them. Um, and then when those times do come and you are talking about religion and talking about what we believe in, kind of coming at it with a perspective of like, this is what I believe, but I also want to hear what you have to say too. If you don't uh, automatically believe what I believe or what I have to say, that's totally fine. It's, it's okay to not believe in the same thing. We can still be friends. We can still have a relationship with each other. Um, and then taking it at that perspective isn't something that I think this world really has right now. Um, most of the time, again, it's very divisive in the approach of things. So if you come at it with that perspective, most of the time people are going to be like, oh, wait, hold on, he's actually listening to what I have to say. But he said something totally different. What? All right, maybe I'll trust it. Maybe I'll keep going, see what else he has to say, maybe be more open to listening uh, what is being talked about. So you definitely create that connection with somebody and let them know that they can trust you and um, that you're able to open up more to them. Going along the lines uh, with, with humility and love too, because that really is a humility perspective to be able to say, like, I believe this, um, but you, and you might not, but that's okay. Um, it's also showing love too, and showing love is a, in itself, a countercultural um, position to take. But I think it's also another point that Jesus makes too. We see that um, the way Jesus does this is she connect, he connects with the woman's past. Uh, we see in verse um, in verse seventeen, which says or verse 16, uh, God says, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus says, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. So there's a big implication, big point here that Jesus is making. Um, I think the biggest point here is, and especially how the woman most likely viewed it, was uh, this is some random stranger that just decided to come up to her and start talking to her. And now he's talking about her past and bringing up things that she's done and things that she's currently doing. So she had to be at least a little freaked out, a little bit like, uh, who is this guy? What is he? How does he know these things? Um, so there's definitely a, a curiosity, to say the least, here. Um, and again, Jesus knows exactly what he's doing. He knows he's going to pull her attention have her listen more and also maybe even intrigue her to want to say more and talk more. Which is exactly what happens because she continues on and starts asking questions, um, even looks and sees Jesus as a prophet at one point, um, and starts asking different things of him and to talk to him too. So we see that he creates this connection um, by knowing her. And since we know that he is God, he, has, he knows everyone, he knows what's going on, um, that's a huge point that he makes to kind of solidify the case of him as Savior, as the Christ. Um, now thinking again about what this looks like for us in evangelism, I think a huge point to make um, that Jesus shows us is that we are here to make, when evangelizing to someone, you have to make an authentic uh, relationship with that authentic connection with somebody. Because if you're not doing that and you're kind of going into it and saying like, 
I'm just going to talk to this person. Like, I see what's going on. I want to change this person. I want them to see God. But you're only going at it from a religious perspective and just trying to, like, talk to them about God, and that's it. And you're not really creating a connection. You're really getting to know them or something like that. It's going to be a very shallow um, foundation for talking to this person. So when that happens, most people read right into it. Because I don't know about you guys. If someone comes up to me and starts trying to just preach at me and tell me about God and tell me all these different things, I'm not going to listen right away because I don't even know who this person is and how am I supposed to maybe even understand what they're saying. So we have to go in thinking like, thinking and going in wanting to be friends and wanting to know people and doing it not even just to try and change somebody, but doing it because you really care and really showing love um, to this person. Like Jesus did, he shows love to this woman. And a big point to make, too, is he doesn't say these things trying to condemn her. He's not doing this in a way to say, like, you did these wrong things, you dirty sinner, and just leave it at that. No, he just points it out, and then he moves on and says, or starts talking about how there's a solution to this. This isn't just me saying you're doing something wrong. Um, So we'll dive into that, too. Um... And I think another point too, once you do create, start creating those connections and creating those relationships with people, it opens the door for them to come and trust you and talk to you about things that are happening in their life. Um, it can start as something as simple as going and having coffee with somebody and sitting down and asking them about their day, asking about life, asking about what's happening, what's going on. And then in those times, once you build those trusts and build, build um, loving connection between those people. They're more willing to come to you and talk to you about those hard things that are going on. Um, most of the time, you don't really see people come in asking about God, asking about Christianity. When they're on their high points of life, everything's going great. It's usually on the downward slope of something's wrong, um, this crazy thing happened, there's some kind of loss, something like that. So if we're in those positions where we can be there for people and even just... Um, comfort them in those times, then we're able to also pour out uh, evangelism and pour out God into our lives too. And sometimes it's literally just being there for them. It's not um, having to talk about God or bring up Christianity. It's just comforting them in those times because then through that they will see Christ. Um, His light will shine in those perspectives and most of the time people will be like, oh, I see something different in this person maybe even ask questions about it along the way. Um, in the Youth Ministries program, we have this really big uh, phrase that we like to say, pursuing uh, that they want us to pursue building bridges of love strong enough to withstand the truth. Uh, for me, hearing this perspective and hearing uh, the saying was uh, something that kind of grew over time. At first, I was like, oh, that's cool. And then now I was like, continue on, I see the more significance and uh, why this is actually a really good phrase to hold on to. I think the biggest part about it is um, that it's, it consolidates the fact that love and truth come hand in hand. It's not a matter of um, just loving someone and only showing love, but you also have to bring in truth because if you're not, you're not building on and helping that person grow. But also at the same time, if you're only throwing in truth and what's going on, Um, then you're not going to have a loving perspective. And most of the time, there's going to be that wall built up because people, you you need to throw in love for them to be able to trust you and and understand where the truth is coming in. 
So it's a huge point. Um, and we see Jesus is doing the same thing too. He's showing love um, while also bringing in truth. He knows that it's, it's call, he's calling this woman out, but he also knows that he has a solution for her. Going on, and continuing with that too, with truth, he wasn't afraid to bring in the hard truth. He doesn't beat around the bush at all with this perspective and what he's trying to say. Instead, he just full out says what is going on. And that's hard, that's a tough thing to do sometimes, um, especially in our position of talking to somebody. It's a pretty hard thing to do to try and tell someone you're a sinner, uh, you've done something wrong, um, especially if they don't really have that mindset or that belief. Um, so trying to dive in and tell someone that can be a hard topic. But knowing that we're doing it out of love is the big connection there, and that there is a truth, and, and that there is a solution in the end. That solution is Jesus. Um, and Jesus continues on and says that to himself. We see that as, uh, as he's talking to her, he brings up this, um, the fact that he is the living water. Um, and says, if you accept me, if you go after me, you will never have to thirst again. We see she kind of has a more physical mindset of it um, with her saying, like, oh, sweet, I never drink water again, never be thirsty. That's awesome. Um, but Jesus is like, well, hold on, let me, let me do this again, and like, kind of continues on, and then she slowly gets the idea of it, which kind of happens with uh, evangelism too. Sometimes you have to repeat things. Sometimes you have to bring up points and say like, hey, like I said this, okay, well let me put this in different perspective if it's not super clear, or let me add this in there if this is happening. Like you wanna make sure people are able to trust you um, and know that they can ask you questions. Sometimes you're not gonna get it on the first time and we might have to repeat something four or five times. Totally fine, whatever it takes, right? Um, with that, Another point, too, is truth isn't, isn't easy. It's hard, um, again, to be able to speak and tell people, like, we're doing these things wrong. Um, but then offering the solution of Jesus through that. Another point, too, we see in verse 23, Jesus says, But the time is coming, indeed, it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him worship in spirit and in truth. See, what we see here is Jesus is telling us and um, talking to the woman about how he wants authentic worship from somebody. He wants authentic relationship. He doesn't want someone going in and saying like, okay, I believe God, but I have all these questions and all these things I'm just really not sure of, but you know, I'll just push it to the side. Um, which is a really important point to understand um, because if you, with the foundation of what we believe, if we still have a lot of questions asked, but we're not asking them, then we're going to have a very shallow faith and a very shallow um, foundation of, uh, of God, really. And that can lead to a whole bunch of things, um, especially in those times when trials come and tribulations and everything, then we might be asking, like, God, why are you doing this? God, why are you letting this happen? We don't have any answers to those questions um, because we refuse to ask. But also, an evangelistic, evangelistic perspective, it's huge to be able to be that person, to be able to uh, connect with those people so they know 
that they can trust you and ask those questions. If they're going in having questions about God, who is God, what is God, uh, or maybe they have already accepted God and they're diving into the Bible, um, trying to figure out what's being said. I don't know about you, it's confusing sometimes. Uh, so you gotta ask questions. And, then, and those things are not bad at all. In fact, God encourages them for sure. Um, and when those hard questions come up, you really don't have an answer for it, that's totally fine too. We're not always gonna have the answer. But diving into it with the person and being able to look at it yourself, and you're both going to grow and be able to understand God better and create a better relationship with God, too. And even in those times, too, sometimes you still don't find the answer. There might be a super hard theological question that you just don't know. So you can just go Pastor Sean for it. <laughs> um, there you go. Get a question and answer box. Yep. Let's do it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's huge to be able to, again, build that trust and bring that in. Um, so going on to, there might be some questions that come along with uh, this perspective of evangelism and, how, and what pursuing evangelism, evangelism looks like. So some of the questions that I was asking as I was going through these was, what happens if we're scared? Talking to people uh, about God, talking to people in general, can be a scary thing, especially when you don't know the person and you're just getting to meet somebody. You know, you ask like the questions of like, what's going on, or hi, nice to meet you kind of thing, um, just asking those little questions. But then really spending time with somebody and connecting with them is the huge point and the big point. Um, and even once you like start diving in and you kind of see like this person's getting curious or uh, they might be asking about God a little bit, whatever that looks like, it, that can even be a scary transition in itself because we might not be super confident in what we're saying or what we're doing. But that's okay too because we're not alone. The biggest thing here is we aren't facing this by ourselves. Um, the Holy Spirit is with us and is going to help us through those times. If we're in a moment of like, I don't know what to say, or I don't know how to deal with the situation, we just take it to prayer real quick and just say like, God, I need your help. I need the words to say, let your spirit lead me um, in what to do. And he, is, he will be there and he will be there to answer those questions and to be able to give you the words to say um, through it all and help through anything. It's not even just like those one points, it's like if this happens and then that happens, he's with you through it all. It's not a one-time deal, it's a expanded over life, he's always with us. Which, I don't know about you guys, but that's really encouraging uh, to understand and see. Another question too is, what if others judge us? We see um, in verse 27, uh, just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her, or why are you talking to her? So in this, we kind of see that even Jesus was a little bit judged, at least by his disciples. And they're questioning, they're trying to see like, oh, what is he doing talking to this woman, and especially Samaritan? Again, Jesus knew what he was doing and how he was being countercultural in his approach to this, so he, there was gonna be questions. Um, and the same thing can happen to, with us too, with Christianity. Again, not super popular. So other people might be asking questions of like, oh, why are you talking to this person? Or why are you trying to connect with this person? Um, and that's fine. But as long as we're like, again, coming back to God in it and knowing 
that he is with us through it, and also trying to explain, like, hey, this is what we're trying to do, trying to evangelize somebody, trying to connect with people. Um, and if you're still getting feedback, still getting, like, this kind of pushback from people, it might not be the best connection uh, with, another, with that person to kind of pursue. You want to be able to have someone that's pushing you to do this to continue on because it's not, um, it's not something to take lightly. Uh, especially when you know there's someone who's really struggling with life or something going on. Um, we see in, in this passage that the woman, after talking to Jesus, immediately goes back and takes the word that Jesus gave her uh, back to the people and starts talking to the people of her village saying, hey, I, I just met this man. He's told me everything. He must be the Messiah and comes back with that, and then the people start running to Jesus and start talking to him, and Jesus starts talking with them. Um, and we get this whole big connection and overflow response from the woman. It's not just a, oh, that was cool, and then leave it and let it be. Uh, the evangelism that Jesus did had an immediate effect, and the woman brought in other people and started evangelizing herself, and then all these people came to see Jesus and to talk to him. And we see as the verses go on, there's another section that talks about how they believe too. There was a group of them that also believed Jesus was a savior, which is huge. So we have to understand like this isn't something that's being taken lightly, and we don't want to give up on it quickly because we don't know, um, we don't know what's happening in that person. We don't know what the Lord's going to do with that person uh, down line. Last question I had for you guys is, is it that simple? Is it really as simple as going to talk to somebody um, and then creating relationships? I think this is a kind of yes and no answer for it. Yes, it can be as simple as just connecting with somebody and really getting to know them and talking with them. But the hard part comes in when we try and put a timetable on it. If we're saying to ourselves, like, hey, um, I've been talking to this person for, uh, like, two, three, four weeks now, and I'm not seeing any change. I don't know what's happening. Um, God, where are you in this? What, what are you moving through this person? Um, and we start questioning what's happening. Then we kind of get a perspective of like, okay, this isn't working. Um, nothing's happening, so I must be doing something wrong, or like nothing's happening. God, why aren't you moving in this person? So we have to understand that God's timing isn't our timing. Uh, it's really important to know that too because then we start getting discouraged um, in the perspective that we have of it. But that's okay too. It doesn't mean it's going to be super easy. If we are discouraged, we take it to God and say, like, God, I don't know what you're doing in this and I don't, I'm not seeing you work through it, but please give me a perspective. If I'm missing something, let me see it. If I'm running low on energy, please give me the energy to continue to pursue this person and pursue, um, pursue getting to be that connection to them and also just give me the mindset and the words to say um, and to know what to do in that. I think it's huge. Um, And then we just trust God in the time that we have of it because trusting God through it all is the biggest point and biggest part of it. Some final thoughts too. Um, Kind of bringing this all full circle uh, Jesus is the again gives us the ultimate example of true evangelism. He has a great blueprint of how to pursue this and how to go uh, continue on to this, and then be countercultural, be uh, connecting with love, and don't move away from the truth. 
every part of that is just so important. And when those trials come and when those hard times come where you don't know necessarily what you're doing and don't know how to take a situation, pray and trust God through it all.